Ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Go Bayside, and this is my f- very first ever three Peter. This is my three peat guest here yeah. with me, Howard Kramer. Yeah, psyched to be back. So happy to be back for one of the most ridiculous episodes there ever was. Let's stick. Well, yeah. Well, three times is a charm. I want to yes. speak on that. Thank okay. you. Okay. Yeah. No, oh, I'm sorry. Ahead. Anything else you'd like to say? No. Go ahead. Well, the one that we just watched is called Rockumentary. And the original air date was November 30th, 1991. Whoa. Yeah. So as you, you should be comfortable doing this by now. It'll be your third time doing it. Yeah. Going ahead and giving a, synop- a brief plot synopsis before we break it down. Well, I actually, even though this is my third time, I was kind of taken aback. There was no cold open on this one. And then you said none of them ever had a cold open. Is that true? Yeah. It's always credits first and then show. That's the way it was back in the day. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be great to start with a little, you know, let me get a taste of where the characters are at before we go to the right, right. theme song. I don't think, I think that they thought kids' brains wouldn't be able to handle that. I think you could be right. It'd be nice, baby, if someone recut these. <laughs> do you want to do it? Do you have final cut? Um, you know, I'd pay, I'd pay someone to do You'd it. You'd pay handsomely. Because it's important to me to get it done right. <laughs> But um, just a little teaser, just a little teaser before the credits. Before they, before they hit me with the Lark Voorhees right. and Mario Lopez and the various patterns and bedspreads of the credits, and oh, yeah. well, and who the final one, Mister Barnhart, Don Barnhart. That's right, your favorite director, the man, your favorite director. You're like Scorsese, who Spielberg, who. Yeah, man, it's all about Barnhart, especially <laughs> 91. I mean, just killing it. Every scene, so watchable. I mean, as well as you as you go through it, yeah. as you watch it, you think to yourself, Don Barnhart, <laughs> I never met a take I didn't like. <laughs> it's just... You can't believe some Do of the stuff. Think- like if you go, they had to have at least shot three takes of that scene, and that was the that best was the one, one they chose. That's the one they liked the best. Do you think Cinefamily or New Beverly is going to ever do a Don Barnhart retrospective? They of should all of his finest works. They should just a whole theme weekend, paying tribute. If they want to see how to film, shoot, film, and edit a twenty-two minute show in under twenty minutes. <laughs> they got it. They got to talk to Barnhart. Okay, give a brief synopsis of the whole plot, and then we'll really get into it. Okay, so um, basically, Zach's, they, they all have a band together, mm-hmm. and the band gets famous, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's narrated by Casey Kasem. Right, which, funnily enough, is it's his second appearance on the show, and you've been here for both of them. Yeah, and I've only seen the three that... I've only seen the three that you showed right. me. And Casey Kasem's been on two out like of three. Like, if you told me it was like the way Dan- Danny DeVito's on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like, right. if you told me, oh, no, Casey Kasem's in it every week, I'd be like, oh, yeah, he was always in. He's a cast Saved member. By the Bell, yeah. yeah. And he has some great sweaters in this one. Okay, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I interrupted you. 
No, I wasn't going anywhere. Casey um, narrates. Um, it's kind of a. Um, it's almost like House of Cards narration, like yeah, with Kevin talking. Spacey. Like he yeah. just like is constantly turning to the camera to talk to you. Right. <laughs> so it's like he just he pops up a lot, unexpected. Right. But he has a way. He looks right through the lens of that camera and brings you into it. Well, because he's there. Yeah. He the whole thing is a fake. It's a rockumentary about the Zach attack. Yeah. And we do have to mention, even though we're gonna go. I want to go through this as if it's real. We do have to mention the end. It's a total, it was all a dream ending. Right. Well, wait. Well, yeah, we could have waited to tell them that at the end. Well, everybody knows that already. Well, they already know. But I, okay. but I already wanted to say, I wanted to say that because I wanted, I didn't want to get emails going, well, it's a dream. Of course, that could ha- anything happens in a dream. Yes, I know that. But we're going to break oh, this down Oh, you as mean people are going to defend the, the constructed reality of the oh. show by saying, oh, no, it's a dream, so that could happen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get some emails where if I say something like, oh, there's no way that would have happened, I'll that, totally get okay, emails like, no. yes, it could have, which right. in all fairness, sometimes it can. In all fairness, yeah. It's uh <laughs> But in this case, I just wanted to avoid people going, well, it's a dream. Yes, I know, but we're still going to act like it's real and right. the Zack attack is real. Hey, you know what? Even if you do even if you do a dream episode, it doesn't mean that you've thrown out all conventions of reality. Like right. each scene is still a scene that is supposed to seem real. Right. Right. I mean, yes, I agree with you, but I just anticipate some people's reaction would be like, well, it's a dream. You dream right. about the craziest shit ever. Yeah, it's not I'm like it's, it has those, to make sense. I'm addressing that hypothetical Yes, but you're totally right. Too, yeah. Okay, so the episode opens with um, they're in their makeup room, like the dressing room, because Zach's like getting his makeup done and all these girls are trying to bust in to get his autograph and two or three of them actually do, which I, fa- I was like, how did they get into the dressing room? Like that's... You, right. Several steps must be taken. They had to get backstage. Then they had to get into this hallway. Like they just freely run up in the dressing room. Right. And Zach goes, and of course security comes and is like, "What? Get the fuck away!" And he, I just wrote this down because he goes, "No, no, no, it's okay. I used to sneak into Paula Abdul's dressing room twice a twice week. a week. <laughs> like he couldn't just go. Hey, one time I snuck into Paula Abdul's dressing yeah. room twice." A week, twice a week. Even so, where's her residency? No, if if it's a dressing room, she's got to be on tour. So he's following the tour, right? Even though he's in high school, he's following he's the following tour from pa- city to city and making it all the way into her dressing room <laughs> twice, twice a week. week. At that point, he would be like his picture would be up at you know yeah, total like post restraint, office style restraining like order. warning look out for this guy yeah. most wanted crossing state lines yeah. all kinds of stuff <laughs> all kinds of problems he'd be in yeah so that's that I loved that twice a week sneaking yeah. in so then but yeah then that's when Casey Kasem was revealed and he's like hey guys oh yeah and he's the like chasing them down the hallway yeah. He's got like a Radio Shack mic. Yes. It keeps yes. popping. And he's he's running down the hall with them. He's introducing band members. Mm-hmm. Screech comes out and he's dressed as a pope. Yes. Because they go, and they're all wearing sequins. They're all wearing what I gather, the whoever's in charge of wardrobe, they were like, Hey, go get something famous people wear. And that person was like, sequins. It's definitely all sequins. Yeah, yeah, it's like backup singer wear. Yeah, it's just head to toe sequins. And then Screech comes out dressed as a pope. And yeah, they're all like, what are you doing? And he goes, I thought we were supposed to dress so fans don't recognize us. Yeah. When it's like they're walking to the stage. But then Slater's like, 
threatens to kill him. <laughs> He's like, I'll kill you or something. And it would be yeah. like, it's just like, they didn't start low and like, you know, Slater's anger is going to build in right. this one. He's just, just right off the bat. Murder. This is great. We're famous rock stars. Right. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, he goes... Yeah, because he's dressed to the Pope, and that's when Slater's like, well, you're going to need it because I'm going to send you to heaven after I kill you. Yeah. He threatens him to dress as a Pope. Yeah. So then they, then that's when Casey Kasem says, hey, I'm backstage on the Friends Forever tour. Right. And then so they go to the stage, and that's when they're all, Zack Attack is singing Friends Forever, and they, obviously they're all lip syncing, of course, but they're all... The vo- the real people are minimum fifty years old. It sounds like Anne Murray oh, yeah, is like stu- singing the studio, girl parts. Yeah, it's like total studio musician yeah. pro. But they couldn't uh, get like teen or young, at least early twenties, like studio mus- musicians because no. these are all like grown people. These were people that like most people probably turn this gig down. <laughs> so then it's like, oh, Billy's like, needs help, right? Right. Tell Billy to come in. These we'll- are even like fringe studio musicians. Right. Yeah. Like. They commit suicide or they take this job. Right. Well, I, because when I was trying to pick out the voices, whoever was singing Kelly's voice sounds like Anne Marie or something. And whoever is singing Zach's stuff sounds like, I was trying to think of like an adult contemporary dude. Like a, like a, like it's just like a. They just sound like adult contemporary. Yeah, like studio musician guys. But then they're also like faking their instruments. And Zach is just playing a solo the entire time. It's like mixing a chord, Zach. It's like they're just singing the chorus, but it's just like he's got an Ingwe Malmstein solo going. It's just notes and notes and notes. He's like Steve, like Steve Vai or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like a friggin'. It's like a shred, a shred display. Do you think that Zach Morris could work at your shred restaurant? Oh, shred restaurant, absolutely not. <laughs> you saw those chops. No, that wasn't chops. <laughs> Nothing but notes. That was two fingers of alternating notes, but he just wouldn't stop doing it. No, he couldn't even handle the the like Tuesday. Late afternoon shift. Hold on. I am, forgive me if this is because I haven't, I'm not up to date on the qualification. Like, if you work at Shredstrong, if I want to come work at Shredstrong, you got to like, be able to shred. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, is it auditions? Do you hold auditions for yeah, the waiters? Oh, no. The Shred Hunter. Um, we, se- we send the Shred Hunter from town to town across America. He goes to guitar centers and he finds the top talent, offers them a job in the food service industry. <laughs> Who are you employing as the Shred Hunter? This is like That's going to be Yingwee Malmstein? Or like a, a very qualified guy who knows his way around shredding, knows his way around food service. He will go, you know, in the Shred UV all around the country to find people. Okay. And I've even, since you came up, I swear to God, I think you came up with this, by the way, one day we were eating pizza, like a few years ago, I promise. But okay, Okay. Then, so the waiters, when I order from a waiter at the restaurant, does he like play my he order? orders? Yeah. Like I go, I got a guitar on and yeah. I'm going to use the guitar to send the order to the kitchen. So I walk up, I got the <laughs> guitar. Hey, welcome to the restaurant. What can I get you to drink? I'll, I'll have a cherry Coke, please. Oh, cherry Coke. Oh, so it has its own riff. Cherry Coke. And then, like, the drink person knows to bring a cherry Coke? No, then the order gets shot to the kitchen. Yeah. The guy (laughs) reads it. Wait, wait, wait. If multiple people 
tables order at the same time, then it's going to be like it's going to be like a shred. No, it's like a a restaurant has multiple cash registers, but instead of instead of entering the order in through the cash register, they're ordering they're sending it in from their point of sale guitar. Oh, okay. So it's like. It's not just based on the chef like hearing the riff. I thought no, it was no, like no. he hears the riff and he goes, oh, that's the cheeseburger riff. No, when he plays the like guitar. Like Wayne's World, like the may I help you with riff. I'd like that. If, if it was mom and pop style, you could right. do that. Right. Wait, waiter. But yeah, with this, it's like, you know, it's like a Planet Hollywood. There's, oh, there's right. like, you know. Okay. There's upstairs, downstairs, bar area, oh, patio. Right. Okay. So he plays the guitar. Yeah. And then that's just like it sends an electronic signal to the printout and it prints out. (laughs) We need a cherry Coke. And then he goes back, picks up the Coke. Right. All the while with his guitar on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Zach. Manager. Manager has a double neck. Go. (laughs) Shredstorant. Okay, I want to go on record as saying I think that Zach Morris would be qu- fully qualified to work at Shredstrom. From what I've seen in this episode, even with the great Don Barnard covering <laughs> for him and shooting, you know, maybe not staying on the neck of the guitar too long, even with Barnard. Cut, cut away, Zach's missing notes. Exactly. Cut away, that's cut what away. he says. It's too busy. Yeah. Even with Barnard covering for him, I'm telling you, I'm seeing holes in his game. He wouldn't be able to handle much. Okay, we'll see. That's because you might have to work there soon. But um, so then they were playing a song called "Friends Forever." Friends Forever. And um, and um, Slater comes from behind the drums and he says, uh, "Friends Forever, pretty cool title. Yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. It totally does. <laughs> but like, also really emphasizes the coolness. Like yeah, he's like, like well, it's yeah, cool. cool. That's cool. Yes. That's like when Public Enemy came yeah. out, and it was just like. My Uzi weighs a ton, and you're just like, that's cool. That's cool. It's just as cool as Friends Forever. Right. Yeah, so he's like real jazzed about that song and the title of it. And then that's when they, because then they're practicing in their garage, and that's when um, House of Cards style, Casey Kasem looks at the camera and goes, and then fate intervened, and then a guy knocks on the door. You know what? Actually, it it makes sense in House of Cards for... for, uh, Kevin K Space, yeah, Space Dog, yeah. It makes sense for him to be in the scenes because he's actually in them, right? Right. Whereas Casey is just like all of a sudden he shows up in the past, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's he's standing there in the past, yeah. He's just like showing up, yeah. yeah. But he shows up for this one. He goes, Fate ran by, and then he knocks on the door and goes, "Hey, I'm Brian Fate. I'm a record producer." And they're like, "Oh my god, we totally know who you are. You manage the Beach Buddies." Right. And see, this wait, wait, is- can we just, basically a British jogger comes yes. Yes. into the garage yes. and says, and this is how it happens a lot of times when a manager loses top flight talent. Oh, totally. He'll just be jogging around. Right. And hear, hear some tunes. Hear some tunes and go, oh, this is not like a baby band. I'm going to have to nurture. Then they're going to no. play bigger venues. Then yeah, after just- three or four albums, we can really mold their, mm-hmm. no, these, they're ready. They got, um. What do they got? A drum set? They, <laughs> they got, got a guy who does nothing but solo on guitar. They got a <laughs> endless solo machine. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, the, no, you're the right, because he buddies. does. He knocks on the door and is like, I will sign you right this minute. Right. But they go, but that's, yeah, they go, oh my God, you manage the Beach Buddies. Right. Now, the reason I'm pointing that out, I mean, obviously it's hilarious because it's supposed to be the Beach Boys, but this 
show is so weird with who it'll pick and choose. Like, there's one episode that's entirely about them getting U2 tickets, and they say U2 tickets. Oh, this they can't say. And then, yeah, weirdly for some bands, like, they don't, they can't, like, why can't they say Beach Boys? Like, I'm the British manager of the Beach Boys? Yeah, or just, yeah, so they say the Beach Buddies, and so that's funny to me, and then they go... Even though you manage the amazing beach buddies, you want to. You know what? It probably has to us? do with when Barnard ices you out. You're, you're out. You're on the outs, and I think he probably did a lot of coke and, and with stuff Brian Wilson. with Brian Wilson. And it was just like I'm going to show these guys when Barnard he, ices you out. Yeah, Barnard must have got tossed from a party or something, kicked out of Brian Wilson's sandbox. Totally. And then and he's he just like, said, "I'll show you." I'll show you. I won't name check your band when I direct Save by the Bell no, in the future. Like, Wilson, you're gonna regret even waking up next Saturday morning when you turn on Save by the Bell and see <laughs> uh, instead of name checking you guys and sending you back to the top of the nineteen ninety one charts. Yeah. We go beach but Uddies. Oh, burn. Boom. And that nobody makes any money. Do you think that they got their revenge on him by writing Kokomo? Ooh, good question. I yeah. think they and did. Using Stamos. Yeah. Different different talent. Wait, what good if they call. were like, fuck you, Barnhart. We're gonna get a guy from another family oriented TV show to be our drummer. Yep. For this the most terrible song ever written. That's probably what it's probably why you don't see Barnard like doing like Parks and Rec and those kind of things today, just because that Stamos counter move. Yeah. Yeah. Then that is how he got iced out of the biz. Yeah. He just couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. yeah. The Stamos counter move. Yep. Just checkmate, baby. I want that to be my wrestling move. Yeah. So they go, oh my God, you, but you manage the Beach Buddies. Are you really interested in our band? And he says, does Bart Simpson have animated zits? To which I say, no, he doesn't. So that's a bad thing. But that furthers my point that they can't name check the Beach Boys, but they can name check Bart Simpson. Right. That's weird. You know what? I think Barnard's probably going on instinct on that one. Yeah. Just saying, it smells like a winner to me. How, Use it. Print it. This is Maybe I don't know a lot about Hollywood, but you seem to think Barnard had a lot to do with the script, even though he's just the director. No, I think what happens is they gave these guys free reign. They'd shoot. Looks like... At least one take. <laughs> <laughs> At least. And then it was like, hey, let's punch this thing up on its feet. You got anything? You know, kind of the way uh, Adam McKay will do it with right. Will Ferrell. So then it's like somebody shouted in, does Bart Simpson have animated zits? And they're like, boom. Boom. Barnard just pulled his head up from doing a line, said, I love it moving on. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds about right. The I love it moving on part sounds about right for all aspects of this show. So then, so yeah, he's like, I'm going to sign you. Let's get to work. And then, so I guess what's supposed to be like their first like tough gig on their road to stardom is like the smoky bar room. Like they're playing in like an uh, in yeah. like an airport or hotel bar. Yeah. Even though they're all like 17. Right. But this is like clearly like some dingy bar gig where they're like, oh, we're really roughing it. And then... They show, they do take turns like showing everybody singing. Another thing that always, I was curious about growing up when when there was a show, not just this one, but also like um, 
what was the how do you talk to an angel the heights any show where it was like all the friends formed a band i was always curious about how it seemed like every friend group somehow perfectly everyone did a different thing right like hey we've got five friends isn't it perfect and awesome that like i'm good at singing but you're good at guitar but you're good at bass like isn't it great how that worked out like that was always you would always think a friend in that crew would go well i want to play guitar no i want to yeah, I mean, we get along, so probably we all play the right instruments. Right instruments. We all group. harmonize perfectly together. Like, it's great how this just totally worked out. Yeah. So they do take turns, like, showing them all singing backup and stuff. And when they do show Slater on drums, like, singing his part, he could not be further away from the microphone. Like, he's yeah, facing yeah. the opposite direction and, of the microphone, but he's still, like, belting it out. Head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then the next scene is them all in the studio recording. And as you also pointed out, they're all just holding their ears. Nobody has on headphones. Yeah, no one has headphones, but they're holding their ears. They have one hand up. Hit that right note. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And And it's also the most... You and I have both been in recording studios. Like, it's not... It's like one microphone on a stand. Like, there are no provisions made. There's no soundproofing. They had no budget for sets. Not at all. Like, they had a budget for, like, we can get my son's guitar... And my neighbor's drum set. <laughs> totally. We'll drag those down here in the back of my car. But there was no like, oh, we're going to build something that even remotely looks at like a all. studio. It's somebody's living room and they just like stuck mics in it. And they're like sitting at a stool at a mic. Like there's not even yeah. a screen in front of it. Like it would be the worst sounding record in history. S- sound quality wise, not just friends forever wise. But they record it. And, of course, they're on the cover of Bill Box. Bill Box. Bill Box they magazine. Bill Box. Yes. Billboard. Bill Close. Not for well, Barnard. Again, well, it's the classic playpen. If you see a movie, it's always playpen instead of playboy. Right, right. I almost want to go. I was thinking about this a few months ago. Like, whoever made that up, like, did they get money? If I make up a fl- fake version of Playboy that's used in literally every TV show movie oh, ever, oh, do yeah. I get money? Yeah, trademark that. I want to trademark Playpen. Ooh, that's interesting. But then they'll just change it. Once you trademark it. Then they'll have to do it. a fake or fake one. Yeah. Yeah. So Billbox Magazine is like, check it out. Zack Attack, number one forever. They're the best. And then they have a uh, press conference. Yeah, press conference. And um, it was like it was like a White House briefing <laughs> type of a press conference. Like they were getting breaking news about like, oh, I just came up with an idea for a song. It's totally a political press. Like they're sitting at tables, like glass of water in front of it's them. It's like crisis mode White House press conference. <laughs> Like, there's a sense of urgency. Yes. Guys have been up all night. Yes. People want answers. They're in the situation room. Yeah. Yeah, so they're all sitting there in this weirdly formal political press conference, and they got a new publicist named Mindy. So she's, like, running the press conference, and so they go, you know, people are asking dumb bullshit questions or whatever, but somebody goes, what's your inspiration, Zach, to write the songs? And he goes... I get my best inspiration from girls. Like that, it was just that vague. Like he's just like chicks, yeah. just girls. It's not chicks. even like relationships or falling in love. He's like just from girls. They're just girls. Like, yeah. I don't know. That vagueness made me laugh hard. And then also they go, somebody goes, oh, well, what's your next song? Or no, he goes, yeah, 
I already have what my next song is going to be, and somebody goes, "Who?" and he goes, "It's called Mindy Mindy." Yeah, and he's just tossing it out, man. He's living carefree. He's, he's throwing it out, but he's into this Mindy chick. He's into the Mindy chick, but it's weird that he announced it at their like super formal press conference. Yeah, no, like that's just, a pretty hardcore way to flirt with somebody. Be like, I'm going to announce this to like the papers that I'm into you. Yeah, he he maybe it's like early on when he doesn't know to hold things back yet. Right, he doesn't he hasn't read the game yet. So, yeah, so that's weird. They have that super serious press conference. And then up pops Casey Kasem again because he goes, they didn't know it. They were about to win the biggest award. And so he says that and you go, okay. And then they cut to the fake award ceremony with, and you were delighted to see Madonna and Michael Jackson impersonators. But they were real bad ones. Yeah. Like they the were ones like on Hollywood Boulevard. No, the ones on Hollywood Boulevard are better. You think so? Yeah, like. The ones on Hollywood Boulevard, they'll look like post-surgery Michael Jackson. Right. But they'll have like, this guy looked like two chains. Like the guy, <laughs> the guy, the guy they had, didn't he? He kind of did. And he looked like two chains. And then the Madonna was just like, or was he Marilyn Monroe? No, it was Madonna. Yeah, Madonna. Yeah, because it was. Well, yeah, because it couldn't be a Marilyn Rose. She's been dead for quite a while. I just started thinking of um, Hollywood Boulevard. But it was but supposed yeah, to was be a Madonna like at that star. point where she was like super bleach hair. Right. It was like um, who's that, who's girl? that girl era Madonna. Yeah. yeah, so they... But the funniest part to me, even above that, is that he goes, they're about to win the biggest award. And then they cut to them and they just go, and the award goes too. Like you, I, I guess you can't even say the word Grammy. Because yeah, never once... Like, after that, when they're at that fakey party for it, they even go, what's it feel like to win an award? Like, so they never say Grammy. Right. don't say Grammy. I could see it was one of those last-minute things around set. Like, S&P doesn't know yet if we could say Grammy. Right, right, right. Say, so just say award. Yeah. And they don't, but they don't even say if it's song of the year, album of the year, or whatever. Like, they, it's just the award, the award. So I just thought that was great. That made me laugh. So, yeah, after the big award show, the nondescript award show, they're like, they're like all shitting over this, but they're like, this is our, can you imagine, can you believe we're at this party, this big shit, like music industry party, which like most of their big shit Hollywood parties takes place in an apartment that looks much like my one bedroom apartment we're sitting in right now. Yeah, there was, it wasn't like, um, I mean, it was tiny. Yeah, they weren't on top of Mulholland on that No, one. it was like not, and it's just like a cat, like a couch just like this, like it just looks like a one bedroom apartment. But of course they're losing their minds, and then Slater goes, "We have died and gone to Babe Heaven." Yeah. So he and they haven't. The girls re- mob Slater, but they don't mob Screech. Yeah. Then Screech says Slater has foot fungus, so they all go straight to Screech. Let me ask you this: What would if you in real life you have a wingman, right? It's like right. you and your bros are going to go out. Let's get some poon, whatever. Right. And a dude kind of steps on your shit like that what would you do wouldn't you be pissed well, if that was your friend I, it's this first of all i or and he already threatened his life earlier in the episode oh that's right so, yeah you know what i mean it's like so it's payback no 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 it was screech cock blocks right slater threatened to kill screech and then later screech cock blocks him screech is the one that says hey he's got food right but this. i'm saying is like because you're trying to say like slater should be mad about that yeah. I'm saying, yeah, here's a guy that threatened to kill Screech earlier just over something silly. Right. Now he stole four chicks from him. 
Right. Now he really can Slater murder just, him. Slater just let it go. Because he's like, hey, it's like the girls. Yeah, but what would you, if you were out at a bar or something with a friend and you guys are all like hitting on chicks and like you've got a couple of ladies interested and then your friend is like, yeah, but did Howard tell you about his foot fungus or whatever? Right. Like, and wouldn't then, you be furious? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He should have got killed. He, he actually should have been murdered just by the logic, by the internal logic of just this episode. Right, right, right. He should have been murdered right then. <laughs> Cause, cause he he dressed he dressed in a weird outfit earlier and he got his life threatened. Right now he takes four checks. He should have got killed. Yeah, it this is like a way bigger offense. He should have like splattered the walls of that shitty apartment <laughs> with Screech's blood. And it would have been justice. Going home with the chicks, the four chicks, Barnhart justice. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but I also want to say too, if somebody is like pulling mad chicks at a party. Mm-hmm. And then I walk up and go, hey, he's got foot fungus. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Probably the girls would just like go like, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but those girls immediately just all leave him. Yeah. And then don't just walk off. They go to the guy that Who was said like, it. hey, you got foot fungus. <laughs> So it's just like, oh, this guy has foot fungus. We can't be with him. We have to immediately just cling to the person who saved us from this horrible fate. So it's just like, it's such a masterstroke by Screech. It's unbelievable. <laughs> with just an economy of words and actions, he just pulls all the girls. Pulls all the late. Yeah, you're right. Because if I'm in a party and I'm like talking to a dude I like or whatever, and somebody comes up and says, did you know he had foot fungus? I would just... I would just think whoever said that is the. I'd be like, well, you're weird for saying, for just like telling me that. Why do you know that? That's weird. Right. Also, it's not a case of like, foot fungus isn't an STD. Like, a foot fungus isn't going to really affect my life if I date this guy. You know, um, it's not ideal, but. That it's was not- actually in Barnard's memoir. <laughs> foot fungus is not an STD. You know, he had to say that to a lot of starlets over the years who were just like, you're gross. It's like, yes, hey, hi. I, I agree. It's gross. I don't want to like look at it or deal with it, but I'm just saying it's not a thing where I'd immediately be like, I can never talk to this person again. They have foot fungus. Not a, not when Bar- Barnhart, Barnhart does you with his foot. I'm going to barf. That's why he says it. What do you mean? That's why he had to say it. Don't worry about it. You're not going to get any fungus. I'm Barnhart. <laughs> I love you've given him that voice. Okay, so... Then, okay, yeah, so they're at this party, and then that's when Lisa runs up to Zach and Mindy and is like, look at the new costumes I designed. And they're fully on blackboards. She's at a house party, but she runs in with designs. Yes. She's dressed in sequins, dressed to the nines for this fancy house party. So, But has literally been at the drawing board, apparently. In the other room, because there's like a two-bedroom apartment (laughs) tops. So in the other bedroom, she... Yeah. Found all the supplies necessary yes. to do like professional grade yeah. artist mock-ups of her designs for the band. And mount them on like yeah, they were blackboard, cardboard. Yeah. yeah, tastefully mounted. Yes. So she's hard at work in the other room during this party with like an easel and her colored pencils. Yeah. And runs in and is like, look, you guys, I just designed the new costumes. And then that's when Mindy is like, that's very cute, Lisa, but we're big time now. Yeah, we got we got Bob. We're going to get Bob Mackey to do it. Bob Mackey. Right. Who, look, 
even at this time, I mean, I feel like we he, can't afford headphones for the group, but we're going to get Bob Mac. Yes, yes, totally. But also at this point, I feel like what kids would have known who Bob Mackey was? Good call. Because they go, oh, he designed for share. He designed shit for share in like the 70s. Sounds like another Barnhart connection. That's true. He's, He's doing a little toot with uh, Bob Mackey. That's true. He probably did blow with him back in the day and was like, I'll throw you a bone. Yeah. We'll I'll, name check you in an episode. You designed the sequin costumes for Zack Attack. Right. <laughs> so then the next scene is everybody is in the studio and they're waiting on Zack. He's late. He's apparently an hour late. Everybody's pissed. And they're all like, we know where he is anyway. He's totally with Mindy. So I guess he and Mindy are having like a full blown affair now. So he runs in late. Is, and this, j- is this when they did the Billy Idol joke? No. There was something about aliens, and then Screech does a joke about like, oh, that's what happened to Billy Idol. And I'm just wondering, is that just a random line they did, or was there some kind of Billy Idol scandal going on at the time about him saying they got abducted by aliens? I don't know. I don't remember that. The only thing I remember about Billy Idol is remember when he got in that gnarly motorcycle accident? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like this was just creative license. Yeah, just saying whatever. I don't remember. I'll have to look that up. Please do. Um, but for this, Zach comes in an hour late and just shoves sheet music in everybody's face. He's just straight up like, here's the sheet music right off the press right. of a song I just wrote. He must have been at a fancy Hollywood party, and then he just decided <laughs> to print sheet music <laughs> yeah. in the other bedroom. I love imagining him like Beethoven style with like a quill and ink. Sitting over lined paper, actually writing out the notes of music. The Jacques. Yeah, like Zach Morris. Because I think that even people, I know professional musicians, it's very successful ones, and they don't write sheet music. They just write the song as they're doing it kind of thing. Right. And then I think, you know, later on that comes. Yeah, he comes in. But they don't have, you know, when you have like a bass player, a drummer, you got to have sheet music. To teach him how to play like this little Friends Forever tune. Gotta have it. Gotta have it charted out. Like it's an orchestra piece. Yeah, so he gives them all the sheet music. But then they go, hold on. Slater stands up and he's like, me, Kelly, and Screech wrote a song today. Like we want to play our shit. Right. Which is what? what's the classic joke that like how the drummer get kicked out of the band. He said, do you want to hear a song I wrote? Right. So classic move on Slater's part. So he gets up to do that, and they're like, "Fine, let's see, let's hear it." And then they start singing their song. That's like, "Hit the beach, teach school's a bore. Let's go by the shore. Yeah, David and Sarah, we'll learn while we burn." Yes, which you, I had a summer feel. It did. You know, it's funny because Jimmy Buffett actually has a shitty. He's got a lot of shitty songs. Mm. I actually think he has a lot of good ones too. Yes. I don't know if we've ever gotten into that on this show. I don't think we have. Only in real life all the time. Right. He actually does have some winners, even though he has a, a, a whole grip of shit. Okay. But he had one that came out like a couple years ago that was about, it was like beach, summer school. That's okay. What, oh, that's what it's. Summer's cool. Instead of summer school. Right. It's su- like summer is cool. Right, right. And it was just like that. It was like classroom meets the beach theme, which is what this was. So I thought they were right, going to say that, like but then they did. Right, but he's like 50. What? 
or 60. Why is he still like, teach, let us go to the beach when he's like 60 years old? He ain't been in school well, for like was 45 like, know, years. It's a nostalgic throw. Listen, I already have the cards are on the table. I said it sucks. Okay. It's shitty. But yeah, it's like a but nostalgic thing. Like, hey, kids, don't worry about school. Go to go to the beach and have a summer. Right. And that's the message these that Zach and Kelly and Screech are trying to get out. But then they do their song and everybody is like, what? This sucks. Right. And Zach's like, fuck you guys. I write the songs. We're doing my song. Check your sheet music. Because he's got Mindy backing him. She's like the Yoko of Zach attack. She's totally the Yoko she of Zach attack. She came into the picture and now the balance is out of whack. Yeah. And she's she's in Zach's ear being like, you're better than these people. You don't need them. Right. And so he's like, play my song, which they all do immediately with zero mistakes. Right. And even though facially they're like totally not into it yeah and acting like this is horrible they are nailing it They're perfectly it perfectly sounds, it sounds enthusiastic yes it sounds upbeat yes and so they're all, all sight like, reading mm. perfectly immediately yeah play it exactly as i assume it's intended to be heard yeah and you're right they're like rolling their eyes like kelly and lisa singing the girl parts are like rolling their eyes while nailing the notes yeah it's pretty crazy. They and I just skills. wrote down, too, that there's one lyric in the song that I loved about deaf grooving sounds. Oh, yeah, deaf grooving sounds. It was something like, as we get to the deaf grooving sounds. Like, <laughs> deaf grooving sounds. <laughs> That's totally how Zach. That's how stu- studio like. singers are always talking about how deaf stuff is. <laughs> this is sounding so deaf. <laughs> that was Bruce. Come on. Sorry, Bruce. I didn't mean to drag you into this. To those deaf grooves. Springsteen probably was, uh, what did he put out around this time? Tunnel of Love? Yeah, this is 91. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so then they totally record this awesome jam. And the next scene is before a concert. And Zach has, I guess, what's like a variety magazine or something where he's like, who gave this interview and told the people I was a dick and that the band's breaking up or whatever. And it turns out Screech did it. And then so that's when, um, that's when, you know, Zach's like, fuck you guys, then I'm totally quitting. Right before a show. Like, they're in the dressing room before they're going on stage. Yeah. And he's like, peace out. And they're like, what? And he's like, see how good you do without me. Yeah. It's like the replacements or something. The band, the replacements. Yeah. No one gets that reference. They used to always get in the fights right before they're about to go on stage. Go ahead. Yeah. And then, so we don't see what happens because then the band breaks up and they show everybody else's, a glimpse into everybody else's future. Screech goes to see the high geek, which is a super dumb thing. And then Slater, you were tripping how they showed him for like one second. Yeah, his was just that he's going to be fast. And he was just like in an evil Knievel leotard standing next to like a cruiser bicycle. Yeah, with like a but, helmet and trophies. But that was going to imply that he was going to like get into a big motor accident. Yeah, so he, I guess, went on to be a racer, race car driver. Yeah, evil Knievel yeah. or something. So then the next scene is back to Zach's career now, solo. And so he's coming off of off stage post show and is just like what the fuck i can't even believe it like look at my hair it's insane and she's like i know it doesn't look great and he goes i look like mr madonna yeah which is one of my favorite lines and then she's like but yeah, he looks but- like he looks like bieber like vanilla ice he's he got, totally like, does yeah he totally looks like vanilla ice but he's like he goes they couldn't even hear 
a word I was singing. Like he's Bob Dylan or some shit. Like really? he made it sound as if it's like, but my lyrics, you know, they can't yeah, even just tell. They're screaming. They don't even care about my lyrics. Yeah, when it's like. But you know what? That was a seminal time. This is 91. Yeah. You know, so it was like Blood Sugar Sex Magic by mm-hmm. the Peppers, Nine Inch Nails, Downward sure. Spiral, Metallica. I, I mean, it's, it's like there was a lot of important stuff coming out then. Right. And you feel like Zach was trying to contribute to that realness. Yeah, man. That's just, that's the class of music he was from. So. Right. So he was mad because the screaming fans couldn't hear his deep, dark lyrics. And then she was like... Hey, Mindy goes, yeah, but so what? Did you see the lasers and the pyro? And he was like, how can I? I was blinded by them. It's, I'm telling you, it's like they're predicting what would happen. Yeah, like with EDM and dance music and it's just spectacle. But I think it's hilarious the way he's acting like he started out as some troubadour. Like he was seriously like Bob Dylan with just a guitar and a harmonica around his neck. And like he's, he's so far from his roots now. When it's like y'all were just singing Friends Forever. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I think it's easy to be dismissive. But if you listen to Friends Forever, it's like, I mean, what, I mean, what more does the guy have to do? Does he have to bleed for you? I mean, come on. It's all there. Oh my God, I'm like crying. <laughs> what? Just your tone and you being like, listen, if you just really listen to the lyrics of Friends Forever, he tells you all you need to know yeah, about his soul. Even the drummer was like, it sounds really cool. It's so cool. It's a cool title. And that's even like the rival in the band. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he's like, look, I've had enough. Mindy Mindy goes, oh, he gets a phone call. Zach gets a phone call in his dressing room, and it's, you know, the doctor's being like, Slater is in the hospital. And he goes, I gotta go. I'm going right now. It's Slater. And she says, Mindy goes, you gotta go to London tonight. And he's like, no, I, my friend's in the hospital. It's, I gotta go. And she says, if, if you go right now, you are throwing everything away. When it's like, mm, in real life, you'd reschedule his flight. Let's, let's, let's do it in real life. Okay. Okay. All right. Who are you? Man, Zach? that yeah, okay. that concert. Wow. Um, my friend's sick. I gotta go to the hospital. I I mean, he's he's very ill. Okay. Um, I'll just reschedule your flight to London. I guess. For oh tomorrow. God, that's right. We gotta yeah. go to London. Um, yeah. You know, they, they it's probably past visiting hours. They're probably only let me stay there for like twenty minutes or right, something. Right. Anyway, so I could try to meet you straight. Do you, do you, I mean, you might not even. Yeah, have you to could cancel. probably. Yeah, because you're famous, so they'll probably let you in even if it's not visiting hours. So just go visit them, and then then shoot over either... to the airport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if, if you, you don't, don't make, make it tonight, flight... we can do it like tomorrow morning. All right, we'll stay at, like the airport Hilton, and we'll sure. fly out in the morning. Yeah, it should be no problem. And, and we'll do the whole European tour. No problem. Okay. All right. See you later. There wouldn't be any situation where, like, if I actually go to the hospital now, mm-hmm. it, it, I'm not in jeopardy of like blowing off my whole European oh, thro- like, like throwing away tour. your entire career. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, that would be crazy. Okay. Well, Who would do that? I want to double check. Okay. No, you so, should be fine. So I'm okay to go to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. You have like a person in charge of your travel arrangements. They can easily just rearrange your schedule a little bit. Okay. Yeah, it's I not a problem. Still, I have a future making albums. And... Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, great. Yeah. And scene. And scene. That's how it would go. But instead, she's like, if you go visit your friend in the hospital, your entire career is over. Not to mention all the money you're making me. As your publicist, right? Can I can I say who's 
world this does make sense in? Who's? Don Barnhart. No. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Casey Kasem's. Well, Barnhart. Yes. Probably Kasem maybe too, but Barnhart. Do you think maybe something like that happened to Barnhart? Well, no, I know with Barnhart, it's you're either for him or you're against him. Right. You're going to do what you're told. You're going to do what Barnhart said. You're going to get in line. Barnhart jumps. You say how high. Or <laughs> that's it. That's There's it. no Barnhart, sweetheart. is over. That's it. Yes. The show didn't run for six years. How long did it run? How long did it run? Like four? Six years? I guess. You don't know how many seasons there was. You've got a podcast about watching every episode. Right, but you're forgetting that they don't... It's it's not the traditional like season per year thing. But it looks like five years, four years. All you got to do is look at the last season and it will say that. 89 to 92, I think. Wow. No, 93. So that's five seasons. And then there was the movies. But yeah, I so I love the idea. Well, and like we said, you know, she's not going to get any money either if he quits his whole career. So it's a dumb move on her part as well. No, 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 no. That's Barnard's world. Oh, right. You immediately take it to final showdown mode. Yeah. (laughs) Immediately. There's no gradual. There's no. Yeah. It's like, listen, I don't want to let you go to the hospital for 15 minutes. So. That's it. I put my millions that I make off this. Final showdown mode. I mean, this is, it happens now all the time. Right. You saw it with like, uh, I think it was like Arcade Fire and Live Nation. Yeah? Yeah. When Butler's buddy got into an accident, he says, let me swing by, see how the guy's doing. And Live Nation was like, what? Your career is over. Make a decision right now. And you know that's that's why arcade still fires still turn around because they, they said screw you friend they blew him off that's right <laughs> so he goes to visit Slater at the hospital and everybody else is already there turns out Lisa became a U.S. gladiator because they can't say American gladiators yep she looked good too I like her in that little space outfit in the uh, in the American gladiator ripoff uniform yeah yeah so she's a an American gladiator uh, Kelly's an actress on a soap opera Santa Barbara yeah and then. Screech, I guess, is just a professional nerd at this point. But he comes in with a cheerleader wife. And this, I had her, her name was Linda, and she starts doing cheerleader moves immediately. Right. You know, it's always a good idea to just bring in a, a an auxiliary, auxiliary character mm-hmm. and give them a bunch of laughs and then just have them leave. Have them walk out in the last, like, three minutes of the show. Yeah. But she did give Lisa one of my favorite lines of the entire series, which is, if you don't get rid of Linda, I'm going to throw her out the window. Linda. Yes. You gotta love it. I love that line. Um, and so they basically all make up. They're like, you guys, I'm sorry I was a dick. And Zach apologized and everything. And that's when Screech goes, let's do this chant I made up. And then it's just the word friends, which I didn't know qualified as a chant if you just say a word. But they all just start going friends. 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 friends, friends. I guess it's a simple, simple chant. Yeah. So then they get right back to the stage. They're right back on stage singing friends forever. Everybody's back together. Lisa's playing a headless bass, really slapping it hard. I think Zach is soloing aggressively again uh, yep. throughout the song. And then, yeah, that's it. They're like, we're back on top. We're the best. And then that's it ends with Zach being asleep. They show up at his garage. They wake him up because they're like, we got to rehearse for our first show. 
Right. And that's when they do the super cop out. It was all a dream ending, which I uniformly hate in any movie or TV show. But how could you have believed the amazing stuff going on in this without that? That is true. However, usually the I mean, like in that last episode, Casey Kasem shows up at their restaurant. Right. That was reality. That was reality. So it's like, why would he if you're going to dream if Casey Kasem is already a part of your reality and shows up at like your school hangout? Why not in your dream have somebody better? Want, you know what I mean? Like, why don't you get a top tier person? It's your dream. Well, he's, bar- he's one of Barnard's running buddies. That's true. They it's totally because they're bros. Yeah, but so yeah, it every- turns out it was just a dream. And then they're really, what they're really practicing for is the Berkowitz bar mitzvah. That's right. Which um, is a subtle, you know, ode to David Berkowitz, son of Sam. Yeah. Who Barnard, <gasps> when he was in film school, in the seventies, yeah, was a killer in New York. Yeah, so he. Oh, so Barnhart went to NYU film school. Yeah, so this yeah. is all like inspired by a hallucination that Barnard had, <laughs> like during, during the, the summer, summer of Sam? Sam. Yeah, during the summer of Sam. Wow. I mean, there's the summer tie-in, the Berkowitz tie-in, it the dream tie-in. It all makes perfect sense. It's gritty. I really the dream thing though. Even though it's like you know, okay, the end of New Heart or whatever. That was pretty cool. For the most part, whenever I see any TV show or movie that ends with it just being all a dream, I only imagine the writer of whatever I just watched sitting at his desk being like, how do I get out of this? Oh, yeah. And just going, I don't, I don't know how to get out of it, so it's a dream. I'm making it a dream now. The end. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, it's easy. Okay, well, when, you're my friend. That's why you're on here three times, because you're the best, and I'll probably have you on more, but also because I'm going to be pinch-hitting for you on your podcast next week. That's right. Come on on. Come on on. So I'm going to be on Who Charted. Who when does charted. that actually... When does it drop? That drops on Wednesday. All right. So this is on Tuesday. Everybody's going to get this taste, and then I'll be hosting Who Charted the next day. There you go. I hope we have a great time. We will. What do you mean, hope? You know we will. Um, putting this it out there, great. we're gonna have a great time. I want to thank you for this. Um, the more I see of this show, the more I realize I was right to never watch it. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty. Um, I that don't one know. was especially bonkers. I was excited to have you over for that one. They didn't spend a dime on this episode. Totally. But all the money was on screen. <laughs> That's very polite of you. Yeah. All right, you're Howard Kramer on Twitter. Howard Kramer on Twitter. Howard Kramer on Instagram. Go to howardkramer.com. Pick up some merch. I'm Howard Kramer. I'm on Who Charted on the Earwolf Network. I'm yes. also, catch me on At Midnight. Different programs. I'll be on tour with Brody Stevens in May. Come check it out. You have a lot going on. I don't have that much going on. I can tell you guys that the next episode I'm going to do is from this new and updated air thing, that I, air order that I'm going to go by from now on. And the next one is Home for Christmas Part 1. That's going to be next. As usual, I want to thank all of you for the awesome iTunes reviews and ratings, and I really appreciate them, and they help me a lot. And next episode, I'll also uh, list the generous donors, donations I've gotten from generous donors lately. And as always, you can always email me. I'm at April Rich- me at aprilrichardson.com. The Tumblr for this is gobayside.tumblr.com. And uh, I'll see you guys next week on Go Bayside. Can I sign off real quick? Yeah. I just want to say one thing. Yes. You fuck with Barnard, you fuck yourself. Later, guys. Beep, 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 beep.